Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Trust you and your household are doing well and are blessed. We are on the subject of the blood covenant. And today I'm going to talk to you. Yesterday we talked about David and Jonathan. And today I'm going to talk to you about, uh, because David and Jonathan, it's a biblical example, an Old Testament example of a covenant between two people, two men in this case. But now there's another covenant here, the covenant between God and man, and that is the covenant between God and Abraham. So that's what we're going to talk about, the covenant between God and Abraham. So let's start at Genesis 12, verse, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country. This is when God first called Abraham. Now uh, the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, that is family, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And now, this is God's initial calling on Abraham, and I, and I want to elaborate on certain things here that are really misunderstood. Uh, now, for the first thing, you have to understand that it says that in verse 2, it says, and I will make thee a great nation. So it's not just the land that God promised Abraham. God said to Abraham, I'm going to take you out of your father's house, and I'm going to take you a, to a land there. I will show you. So it was the promise that Abraham had from God wasn't just the land, but it was that also that God would make him a great nation. Because you have to remember that people are more important than the land. The land is what it is because of the people. And so God had said to Abraham uh, that, first of all, I'm going to take you this, to this land that I'm going to show you. And the second thing he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Okay. And then he says, and I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great and I will make you a blessing. Now, so you're going to understand, to understand verse 2, God says, I will, in verse 1 says, I'm going to take you to this land. In verse 2, it says, I'm going to make you a great nation and I'm going to make your name great and I'm going to bless you. And then he gives him the purpose why he's going to bless him. He says, I'm going to bless you and I will make you a blessing. We are always blessed to be a blessing. It says, anyway, I'll make you a great nation. And then he says, verse 3, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, this, for me, for among charismatic Christians, this is probably one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the whole Bible. Now, I want you to please understand why I'm saying this and what, what I mean here. Many people read the first half of this verse. And they said, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And they think, they think this is God's some kind of foreign policy statement uh, for this modern day state of Israel. That, uh, uh, you know, the fate of every nation on this earth depends upon their attitude towards Israel. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about uh, that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, say any country on this earth. You can look at the map, pick out any country. If they bless Israel, they're blessed. If they're not, if they don't bless Israel, they're not blessed. That's not what he's talking about. That's not, it's not a, uh, that God is taking sides. It has nothing to do with that. What is, if you want to understand this verse, 
you have to read the whole verse, the entire verse. Look what it says. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all family, in other words, every household on earth shall be blessed. So what God is really talking about, he's not saying that, okay, Israel, uh, you know, uh, whoever blesses you, I will bless you. First of all, God is not speaking this scripture to Israel. He's talking about Abraham. He's talking about Abraham as an individual. He's not talking about the nation of Israel because when God spoke this verse, the nation of Israel did not exist. And the state of Israel didn't exist until 4,000 years after this verse was spoken. God was speaking to Abraham as a person. And he says, whoever blesses you, I will bless. And we see that later on how Abimelech, one of the kings, when he saw God was blessing Abraham, he blessed Abraham and joined together with Abraham, entered, entered into a covenant with Abraham, and he was blessed. So, uh, you know, so he says, whoever blesses you, Abraham, I will bless. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. So God's purpose with Abraham was not to uh, was, was not that God wanted to curse certain people who didn't stand with Abraham. That was not or stand with Israel who were Abraham's descendants. That's not what God's intent was. God's intent was, was in Abraham, through Abraham, God wanted to bless every household, every nation on this earth. And how did God do it? He did it through the seed of Abraham, which is Jesus Christ. So this scripture is actually talking about the blessing that would come through the seed of Abraham, who is Jesus Christ. So you see, when you read an Old Testament scripture, you must interpret it in the light of the New Testament. So, you know, that's a pretty far-fetched, uh, wrong interpretation to say, oh, this is about Israel. It's not about Israel. It's about Abraham as a person. And what God is saying that, who, you know, that through you, Abraham, every nation, ev or in fact, every family, he says, every household of the earth shall be blessed. That means that there is not one single family or household that is left outside of the, uh, of the scope of the mercy of God that is revealed in the gospel. And we are grateful to Abraham because Jesus Christ was the seed of Abraham. And so through Abraham came the greatest blessing when he said, I will make you a blessing. So God sent Jesus as the blessing who came through Abraham and through Jesus Christ, every household on earth is blessed. So that's the first thing I want you to understand that God is not a God who excludes people. God is a God who includes people. Jesus is not in the excluding cursing business but Jesus wants to bless and to touch every household on this earth. And we must think in terms of the gospel, beloved. We, we cannot think in terms of the politics of the, of the state of Israel or that kind of thing. We have to think of mankind from the viewpoint of the cross of Jesus. Every nation God has called that every nation should be blessed through Abraham. But anyway, but... Let's, let's continue to elaborate on this. You see, God's purpose for Israel was this, that Israel should be a light to the nations. It's not that God chose Israel and he wanted to bless them and curse everybody else. He didn't do that. The reason God called Israel was that 
Israel should be a light to the nations. Because if you look at the, the people of Israel, the revelation, uh, you know, all the prophets, they were from Israel. The law was given through Israel. I mean, there was not one single uh, book in the Bible that was revealed outside of Israel. Of course, you know, Abraham, uh, you know, I mean, the nation of Israel came, came after Abraham. But what I'm saying is that my point is that the whole purpose that God chose this people to be his own people, uh, the people of Israel, he, God made a covenant with them. The very the purpose why he chose them was that they should be a light to the nations. And God's ultimate purpose was that Jesus Christ, the son of God, the savior of all mankind should come through Israel. And that is what makes Israel special is the is this is, is firstly the revelation of God came to mankind through Israel and that Jesus the son of God was one of the Israelites and he came through Israel and that's what makes the people of Israel so special and of course God has a covenant with them and then it says um, you know there is really no teaching if you look at the New Testament there is no teaching where it says there's not one single verse of scripture Jesus didn't say Paul didn't say anywhere that hey if you want to be blessed you have to bless Israel it doesn't say that's not if that's not found in the scripture anywhere but we must bless Israel and I tell you when we must bless Israel we must bless Israel because God tells us to bless Israel Okay, the Bible very clearly said, God says we should bless Israel. But God also tells us to bless Israel and he also tells us to bless every other nation on earth through the gospel. And that was the purpose of God through Abraham and through his seed, Jesus. You see, look, as far as I'm concerned, I bless Israel. I bless Israel because when I read the Bible, God tells me to bless Israel. But I also bless all the other nations of the earth. And, and, and it has nothing to do whether those nations love or hate Israel. The way I look at people, I look at them through the prism of the cross is that is the fact that Jesus Christ died for all mankind. He died for the most evil people there are on this earth. He died for them. It doesn't matter who they are, be the Jew or Gentiles or they be they far from God. Jesus loves them all. And the Bible says that we who were far were brought near through the blood of Jesus. I mean, if God only loved, look, God loves everybody. We have to remember that. So we bless the people of Israel because God, they are God's covenant people and God tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and bless them. But we also bless all the nations of the earth because Jesus Christ died for all mankind. So we must keep in sight the bigger picture and not have a narrow-minded picture of one thing. I, I want to have a bigger, broader picture of all things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyway, so God, this was God's, you know, God's covenant with Israel. And this was the background. God called Abraham out and Abraham was just a heathen guy, you know, in Ur. And God said to him, he picked him out for whatever reason. It was him and nobody else. And God says, hey, Abraham, you come out, leave your family, leave your father's country and go to this land. I'm going to show you. And he said, I'm going to give you this land. And then he said, and I'm going to make you a great nation and I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great and you will be a blessing. 
And then I said, you know, whoever stands against you, I will be against them. But whoever blesses you, I will bless them. And you know what? Through you shall every household Every family on earth shall be blessed. And that scripture was fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the descendant of Abraham, who the seed of Abraham, who came from the loins of Abraham, who died upon the cross of Calvary and bore the sins of all mankind. Amen. Anyway, let's leave that. I just wanted to get that out of the way because you must understand the bigger picture if you are to understand the Abrahamic covenant. Now, in Genesis 15, 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. This is the first time that God revealed himself to Abraham with his covenant name that was Yahweh. Because until that he had been Adonai, he had been Elohim, but now he is Yahweh. I am. And that was his covenant name. He, he was revealing and that was a name specially for Abraham and for his descendants. He says, this is God's covenant name. And the very first time he uses it when talking to Abraham, he says, I am. He says, fear not, Abraham. I am Yahweh, your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Genesis 15 verses 2 to 18 uh, we will continue reading the same chapter uh, in chapter eight, 15, the same chapter that I started reading. It says, and Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Because he said, I'm your great reward. Seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed and lo, no one born in my house is my heir. What he was saying that you haven't given me any children. What will you give me? Because I'm old and when I die, my steward, my manager, Eliezer of Damascus, he's going to inherit everything because I have no children. <coughs> and says, verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This, that is Eliezer of Damascus, shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. This means he will not be heir, but someone who will come from you will be your heir. And then he brought him forth abroad. I like this because it's evident that Abraham was in his tent, you know. And you know, when you're in your tent, you don't see far. You just see the ceiling of the tent. But God took him out, took Abraham out of his tent and said, Abraham, look at the stars. Look at the stars. Look now towards heaven. And tell the stars, that means count the stars, begin to count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. And he believed it in the Lord, and he counted it, him, uh, it unto him for righteousness. You know, it's interesting thing, it's a very interesting, I read somewhere that, you know, there are more, I mean, the universe is so, universe is so great. There are more stars in heaven than there are grains of sand on, in the entire, on the entire world. Can you imagine? There is, there are more stars in heaven than there are grains of sand on all the beaches of this earth. This is what somebody, I read somewhere. I don't know if it's true, but it sounds plausible because, plausible because the universe is, trillions and multiple it's immeasurable it's so huge and uh, i mean the the universe is beyond man's comprehension 
and earth is a limited planet of a limited size so and he says and so and then somebody else said because in another place it says Abraham it says your descendants shall be more than the stars in the heavens and the sands on the seashore and uh, this scholar had said and I it sounded, sounded awesome he said that the stars would be Abraham's spiritual descendants that of those Gentiles who would come to Jesus and the sand were his natural descendants that was the, the people of Israel but anyway but Abraham was childless and God shows him the stars he says Abraham count the stars he says this is this is so shall your seed be so shall your children be and it says verse 6 and he believed in the Lord and he counted to him for righteousness so here it says I said to you I think I said to you yesterday uh, day for yesterday we says where he says he believed in the Lord this believed actually means he gave himself in total faith to God because God said to him something that was impossible in the natural. Abraham was a very old at that man at that time and he hadn't been able to have children when he was young and his wife was an old lady and she was also barren. But God spoke the impossible to him and when God speaks the impossible to you, the only way you can take a hold of it and let that thing actually bear fruit in your life is to totally give yourself to it. Go all out and give yourself to the Lord and believe him with all your heart. And this is what Abraham did. He believed him and God looked at Abraham's attitude and he counted it as righteousness. Hallelujah. And then, uh, then he said to him in verse 7, I like this, it's lovely. He says, I am the Lord that brought thee, thee out of Ur of the Chaldees. That's in somewhere in modern day Iraq. He says, to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said to him, take me a heifer of three years old. That's a, a, a you know, a heifer is a, 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 is, a, a, is, is, is a young cow that has, that has never had a calf. He says, take me a heifer of three years old and a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another and the birds divided in all. Then the fowls came down upon the carcasses. Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham and lo, a horror of great darkness came upon him. And he said unto Abraham, know of a surety, surety that, thou, that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and that and they shall afflict them 400 years. Uh, God is actually warning Abraham of their time in Egypt, which was to come in the days of Joseph and onwards. Um, and also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. And afterwards they shall come out with great substances. They shall come out with wealth. And the psalmist says, psalmist says that uh, God brought the, the Israelites out of Egypt. It says, he says he brought them forth with gold and silver and there, were not, there was not one feeble among them. That means that when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were not wealthy, but uh, they were not poor, but they were wealthy. They came out with great wealth and there was not one who was sick among them. Can you imagine that by eating that Passover lamb and by applying its blood over the houses, a whole nation was healed. 
and a whole nation came out of slavery into financial prosperity. So they came out rich and prosperous with great substance and there was not one who was sick among them. They were all healed. This is wonderful. And then it says, verse 15, And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquities of the Amorites is not full. And it came to pass that as the sun went down, it was dark and a smoking furnace, and a burning lamp passed between these pieces. And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thee I have given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, this is very evident. This is God made a covenant with Abraham. But this time, this covenant was not made by any cut in Abraham's body, but animals were substituted. So this is, you know, as I said, sometimes when they cut covenants, they're substituted with animals. So there's animals substituted both for God and for Abraham. And this uh, covenant was cut through the blood of animals. So now, now we go to Genesis 17. Okay. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, he was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram, that was, it's referring to him as Abram. That was his original name and said unto him, I am the almighty God walk before me and be thou perfect. So, this is interesting because God comes to him and speaks to him one more time. Abraham is now 99 years old. And it's evident that from that time in Genesis 15, when God made a covenant with Abraham until Genesis 17, it appears that this is the second big, you know, time that God speaks to him. Uh, and then he's 99 years old and God says to him, he says, I am the almighty God. So once again, God introduces him to Abraham as Yahweh. He says, I am. I am. The word I am there means Yahweh. That's what it means. Yahweh. I am. So I am the almighty God. And the, the Hebrew for almighty God is he's, he's introducing himself by another name, which means El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the God who is more than enough. So what he's calling himself, he said, uh, Yahweh El Shaddai, that means I'm Yahweh and I'm El Shaddai. I'm, I'm your covenant God and I am the, your God who is more than enough. And we must always remember this, that God is not less than enough. God is not just enough, God, but God is more than enough. Hallelujah. We could never ask God for too little. Remember that if well, one day the Lord told me, he says, I'm not pleased with you because you asked me for too little. And I really, really had to repent. So God doesn't want us to ask him to ever feel that we are asking him for too much because whatever we ask him for, it's never, it's never enough. God is more than enough. Hallelujah. He says, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I am Yahweh, almighty God, El Shaddai. Then he says, verse 2, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. So it looks like God made another covenant with Abraham. I will make my covenant between me and thee and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. This is interesting. Because the first time in Genesis 15, God says, I will make thee a great nation. 
in great nation. But now God speaks to him in the plural. He because the word nations here is the word goyim in Hebrew, which actually actually the word goyim modern day Jews use it for heathen nations when they when you know when like the Amish where I live they they refer to us who are not Amish as the English. That's <laughs> it's funny, but that it doesn't. You don't have to be English. You can be Italian or whatever, but you are the English. That's how they refer the English. So the Jews. When they talk about us, you know, who are not Jews, they refer to us as goyim. We, goy, goy or goyim. Goy is plural, singular, goyim is plural. So he says, I will make you a father of many nations. So Abraham was the father, not only of the nation of Israel, but he was the father of many nations. And then he says, neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, a new name. God, remember I said sometimes when you when they made a covenant they took a new name and so God introduced himself as Yahweh and then he gives Abram a name Abraham and the word Abraham means one who is a father of many nations so God says you were Abram and you will no longer be called Abram but you shall be called Abraham why? Because a father of many nations have I made thee. Now, this is interesting. The, several things. Firstly, Abraham had a new name, Abraham, which means a father of many nations, many nations, not just one nation. It's, a, it's in the plural. So this, this is mind blowing because in Genesis uh, 15, God came to him. Genesis 17, you know, 17 in, uh, is now Genesis 15. God had said, I'll make thee a great nation. Uh, uh, no, I think that was in Genesis 15. Uh, no, was it? I'm sorry. I'm getting mixed up here. I believe in, um, in Genesis 12. In Genesis 12, when God came to uh, Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. But now in this scripture, God is not just going to give him a great nation, but he says many nations shall come from you. And he's talking about you shall be a father of many nations. And the interesting thing here, he puts uh, the, the word nations in the plural. And he says, I have made thee. That means that although Abraham was not yet a father in the eyes of God, he was a father because God says, I have made thee a father because you know that's what uh, in Romans 4 17 it says God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were because God doesn't call things as he sees them as they are but he calls them what he intends them to be so for for God his intention was to make Abraham a great nation and because of that God began to call him a great nation already before he had any children because he was so in the eyes of God because God always speaks what he sees with the eyes of the spirit and that's a principle you'll find even in the New Testament when Lazarus was dead and Jesus said he's not dead he's asleep I'm going to wake him up the daughter of Jairus was dead and Jesus says she's not dead she's asleep I shall wake her up 
And that is why God, when he speaks of you and me, he doesn't say, oh, you are sick. He says, by my stripes, you have been healed. And he tells us to talk like that. That's the language of faith. And he says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the sick say, I am healed. So the language of faith isn't that, oh, I'm sick, but I'm believing God to heal me. But the language of faith is that with the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed because faith always speaks that which God speaks. Faith speaks that language of what God sees with his eyes. So faith doesn't look at oneself as one sees oneself, but faith kind of goes into the mind of God and says, how does God view me? And I look at myself through the eyes of Jesus. And what I see is a man who is righteous, a man who's blessed with every blessing in Christ, a man who's more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, and a man who's healed by the stripes of Jesus. And those are the words that I confess with my mouth. And that's what I believe in my heart. And that's how uh, these spiritual realities take place in your in your life. That's how you, you actually experience physical healing and physical blessing in your life because you begin. You don't wait for it to happen before you confess it with your mouth, but you believe it that it is yours just because God says it is yours. Amen. But anyway, I'm out of time now. I will continue with this tomorrow. We are talking about God's covenant with Abraham. Well, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the precious blood covenant we have with you through the blood of Jesus. I ask you to continue to speak to us through your words so that we grow and we can be fit for your use, Father, for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you tomorrow.